Hello all, this is Vasant and with me are Ramakrishnan, Vijay Kumar and Anand. Welcome to the first episode of the ICC 2023 World Cup series from the cricket with the West Coast Infidels team. In the first part of the series, we will be previewing each of the participating teams and once the tournament starts, we will be reviewing the action during the various phases of the league and the playoffs. In this first episode, we will be talking about the Afghanistan team that has grown over the years and could potentially make some waves in this tournament. A Bangladesh team that seems to be dealing with a lot of internal strife and the only associate nation in the tournament, the Netherlands. Before we proceed, I have a trivia question. For which of these countries is the tulip the national flower? The answer will be at the end of the episode. And now, without further ado, over to Anand to introduce Team Afghanistan. The Afghanistan team was very interesting in the sense that I've seen a few of them play, particularly the players who have played in the IPL. Um, that's the limit or extent to which I followed them. I recognized a few names. I've saw, seen a few games. It was a very interesting, you know, revealing team in the sense that their primary batters, their strike rates were less than impressive. For instance, the captain strikes at 66, Shahidi, you know, 1650s. Average of 32. The two Zadrans are probably their top batters with, you know, reasonable strike rate and good 100, you know, conversions for Ibrahim Zadran and the Ashwala Zadran being, you know, fairly close by. Of course, there is Gurbas, who's pretty explosive in the sense that he has 500s and 250s. His conversion rate of 50s to 100 is very, very good and fairly decent strike rate. The all-rounders actually seem to do better than some of their primary batters. I was surprised to learn that Mohammad Nabi actually has 3,000 runs. I somehow didn't think of that. And I was actually equally surprised that Rashid Khan only has, you know, uh, 1,211 runs. Is I don't know if it's because he bats that low in ODI, but it's still, it's ODI. That was a surprise to me. I somehow expect Rashid to have much better batting numbers, but looks like he is indeed a bowling all-rounder even in the one in the ODI <clears throat> side of things. But the real big surprise was their bowling. I look at their economy rates and pretty much everybody, like most of them are under five. I mean, Rashid Khan's strike rate is 4.21. Mohammad Dabi's, I mean, economy rate and not strike rate. Economy rate is 4.29. The other bowlers, Mujibur Rahman is 4.15 economy rate. I'm like, what? I mean, am I reading this right? I had to double check uh, the numbers and turns out they are. And I can't quite explain it. Is it because they primarily play their you know, one-day internationals in slow turning tracks in Dubai and you know maybe that explains it? Or they are just a really good bowling team. Uh, their batting is just, you know, seems to be making up numbers. That's perhaps my read on it. And I don't know what happens if all the pitches for the World Cup are batting friendly wickets can this bowling hold back you know say in england or somebody else who can who is going to be constantly striking but i was very impressed by what seems to be a very bowling heavy team uh, with a little bit of batting to support them lead up to the tournament that heartbreaking two run loss against sri lanka a crushing loss to bangladesh a big loss to pakistan and they were 59 all out against Pakistan in the Asia Cup. Not very confidence inspiring for them. But with that bowling on a mildly friendly track, I think they are going to upset at least a team or two. 
I don't see them making it to the playoffs. But somehow, as I'm going through this list, I'm reminded of the 96 Kenya team. I think it's 96, right? Mm-hmm. The 96 Kenya team, I think they're going to spoil it, spoil it for a team or two. Um, that's my take on Afghanistan. Yeah. 2003, Kenya yeah. made the semi-final. That yeah. was Colin Obuya picked up fi- a Pfeiffer, and yeah. uh, then there were a couple of forfeits. They made the yeah. semi-finals, and then Ganguly yeah. hit two hundreds against them so that we could get to the final. Yeah, yeah so '96 was the first time they defeated West Indies, right? They beat West Indies. There was a guy called Asif Kareem. Yeah, right. That that was there in. Yeah, he was there in 2003 as well. Yeah, Asif Karim was yeah. there forever. He had this very unique bowling startup action. He'll kind of keep all hands and everything close to his thigh and then start. It was like, I've never seen such a bowling action before. <laughs> or Explain the economy rate of Afghanistan bowlers. What's going on with their economy rate? So a couple of things. I think they play a lot of games in Dehradun. That is their home uh-huh. ground. And then they play some in UAE. Consequently, they do play on spin-friendly pitches and they are very good at that. To that point, they have two games in Delhi, which has been a slow and turning wicket. They have two games in Chennai and one game in Lucknow. So five of their nine games are going to be on wickets that are a little slower. They're going to aid a little bit of spin. So they can be a handful. And in fact, I remember Pakistan being upset that they had to play Afghanistan in Chennai. So, yes, the ICC has told everyone to relay the wickets and make it flat and all that good stuff. But you can't change the nature of a wicket overnight. They're playing us in Delhi. So that's not going to cut it too much because if their spinners can do something, (laughs) then our spinners can do more there. Yeah, uh, But yeah. they are playing England in Delhi. They're playing New Zealand in, in Chennai, I think. Pakistan in Chennai and the Netherlands in Lucknow. So the conditions are good for them. I'm just trying to build on that point about uh, economy rates. They don't play a lot. I'm looking at their records for the last two years, Jan, Jan 1st, 2022 till today. Only 26 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them have been played in Lanka. Three games in Palekale, three games in Hambantota, five games in Hambantota. So yeah, I think they have mostly played on like slow, low pitches that kind of aid their kind of bowling. The Nabis, in he bowls off spin, Rashid of course bowls. Then they brought in Noor Ahmed as well, right? Noor Ahmed has been graduated into the national team after that impressive show in the IPL. Yes, Noor Ahmed, yeah. yeah. So, He's fairly new and we'll see how it goes, yeah. But I thought he was very good in the IPL. People just couldn't read him. He's a, the left-arm version of Rashid. Kar- yeah. Correct. China man. Yeah. Yeah. So you have Rashid, you have Mujib, you have Nabi, you have Noor Ahmad. Four spinners. Four spinners. Yeah, all, likely that all of them will play in the eleven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> Mujib opens player. the bowling anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Nabi will come in as a batter. He'll play at six. Uh, In fact, where they are weak is they don't have good enough medium pacers. Mm. And there used to be this guy with long hair back in the 2015 World Cup. Zadran, I think is his name. Ah, My God, that was quite something to watch him bowl. But somewhere down the line, they've lost uh, their quick bowlers. There was a guy called Hamid Hassan, brilliant in swing bowler. 
So they had those guys back then, but now I think uh, that's dropped off. There's Naveen Ul Haq and right. uh, Fazal Haq Farooqi. Uh, they're not uh, really the up to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're likely to be the first choices in the limit. My take is that I can't see these guys making the playoffs, but they are, as you pointed out, Anand, they can be a nuisance to a team or two. Ram, I just wanted to add that real competition could be the Bangladesh versus Afghanistan game at Dharamsala. <laughs> oh, it's in Dharamsala, right? Correct. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. So anyway, so moving uh, to the Bangladeshi team, right? I think there, uh, this whole lead up uh, to the tournament, I mean, the things that's been happening outside of the field has been easily more interesting than what's happening on it. <laughs> we've got this uh, interesting spat, I guess, public spat at that going on between Mikbal and Shakib al uh, The, I mean, from what I gathered reading through a couple of news reports, uh, seems to be that it boiled down to the fact that Shakib basically said, I can't let you open. You're going to have to bat at three or four. And me, Mikbal basically said, look, I've been opening for 17 years. That's what I do best. So I will open. And apparently this issue got escalated all the way with the prime minister who met both of them. Uh, and then some sort of a compromise was reached. At the end of that, you know, Tamim Iqbal then found out that he was not selected into the squad. Quite the amazing story. On, uh, on fitness. And on then, fitness yeah, the reason issue. to highlight is fitness. Yeah. And, uh, and then Shakib uh, Al-Hassan comes to a press conference and makes statements like, look at MS Dhoni. He has won everything on the planet. But yet, he says that, you know, a, a player must prioritize where the team wants him to play, not where he wants to play. Yeah, he also uh, talked about Rohit Sharma. Look at him. He started at 7. He's yeah. played everywhere and he plays for the team. So, pretty much, he's just yeah. like deep six Tamim Iqbal. Completely, completely. After what appears to be like a, a negotiated deal where the Prime Minister has convinced Shakib Al-Hassan to take him into the team. So anyway, so that is off the cricket, and then and there's I think the the Nagin fans have now come into the picture as well. There is a court case as well. Uh, you know, somebody has sued the the BCB, uh, and I think this person, whoever it is, believes that the root cause of all this is actually the coach, and they want him to be dismissed uh, so that Tamim Iqbal can come back into the team. So this is I mean, who knows? This may not yet be over. You know, like they. Suddenly, airdrop uh, Litton Das in the middle of the Asia Cup. Who knows? They may do this with me in the middle of the World Cup too. Uh, the only problem here is that ICC may not see this as a legitimate cause for a change until somebody is injured. So let's uh, kind of look at the the cricketing aspect of, of these guys, right? So I think in terms of the stars, people who matter, who will probably do well, uh, you know, Shakib Al Hassan, of course, one of the best in the business. I mean, he, you know, his his one day record is unbelievably good. I mean, he can literally bat any anywhere in the top, in the middle order, anywhere between three and six, and do well. Of course, he gives you ten full overs, wonderful bowling record as well. Yeah, so he is by far their biggest, you know, talisman player. Then you possibly Mushfikur Rahim, who will also do really well in terms of his experience. I was looking at their recent records, and in that sense, uh, Shanto he stands out. So Shanto is averaging something like forty nine in the in his last twelve games, uh, games that he's played this year. So I guess that makes him a little bit of a show in uh, into the squad. Uh, he's in good form. 
from a bowling perspective, I think all of Tuscan, Fizz, and uh, Hassan Mahmoud, they're all fit. So it is likely that is going to be their top three uh, bowling squad. This could possibly mean that the, the young kid who impressed so much at the Asia Cup may not get a turn. Tanzim, uh, Tanzim, uh, Tanzim Hassan, uh, who played at the Asia Cup, 20 years old, he impressed. Not sure how much uh, he will make it to the first 11. He's, uh, wasn't uh, he yeah, their you know, choice opener? Uh, no, there is a Tanzid Hassan, who is the opener. And yeah, there's a the Tanzib okay. Sakib, who is the medium pacer, who is already in hot water for making some crazy statements on social media. And that's the other story going on there. Uh, oh man, they, just, it's so hard to focus on the cricket with these guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, net-net, I think in terms of you know their prospects, I kind of think about them like the way Anand thinks about Afghanistan. They may have some advantage because they're used to winning at home. If they get some conditions that help them, they may cause an upset here. They may cause an upset there. But net-net, in terms of qualifying, I don't see them going there. Thoughts, questions? I like the balance in their team. They have some three very good quicks. Uh, They've been doing very well, actually. Uh, People are not noticing how well the quick bowling unit has performed. They have these two all-rounder spinners, that Miraz and Mehdi. Yes, and Mehdi And then and that, uh, Hridoy was very impressive in the Asia Cup. Right? Yes, that's right. And then you you add Sakib. You've got a six-man bowling attack. Mushfikur will always score runs. And then we have Litondas and Shanto. So this is a good team. If they yes. focus on the cricket, this is a very good team built to play in India, but more than other places. They do have, I think, multiple games at the Eden Gardens. Uh, they also play a couple of games at Dharamsala, I think. They do. Yeah. Dharamsala, if I remember the IPL, people were scoring some mountains of runs right there. Uh, yeah. In Punjab was scoring 200 and then getting beaten after that. I mean, I've, I've, seen, I've seen that at Cape Town as well. Does the altitude really matter that much? Is there that less resistance in the oh, air? It absolutely or... does. Both Joburg and Centurion, the scores yeah. are a good 30, 40 higher than other places. And yeah, that, I guess, that one day international. Yeah. No, even in this last uh, series between Australia and uh, South Africa, I mean, these guys are scoring runs in huge quantities, which they don't uh, do so when they go to Durban and Port Elizabeth. Or Kemerha, as they call it now. So, so but hey, coming back to this one, Dharamsal is a quick wicket, but they can go for runs. Uh, India is playing them in Pune. I don't know what to make of that. Pune, you never know what you get there. Where does Rohit Sharma's waist, uh, how, how high is it in Pune? We have to <laughs> take account of that also, right? That is also there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They are still complaining about it. Man, seriously. I am still complaining about it. I am complaining about it for a completely different reason. Actually, if you think about it, till that point, nobody noticed Rohit Sharma's waist. After that point, everybody has been talking about only his waist. Only his waist. (laughs) And and, and what up to go to? (laughs) Anyway, quickly, uh, in terms of venues, one one game in Dharamshala against England, one game in Chennai against New Zealand, uh, the India game which you mentioned and Pune. One game in Mumbai against South Africa. Two games in Kolkata. One against Netherlands and the other against Pakistan. 
and then finally their last game in delhi they have another and game in pune uh, against australia they've got warm up game in pune is against sri lanka in guwahati why is that missing in my list it's a warm up game first game no but the last game that they are having is in pune against australia ah so it's only india which is playing in all venues given a choice they would have arranged for two more games extra games for india to make sure that we play everywhere so i mean guwahati to tiruvananthapuram can we go yeah. more distant <laughs> place <laughs> ridiculous so so yeah so uh, bangladesh actually travels east and then <laughs> Oh, westwards <laughs> from from their hometowns. <laughs> yeah, but again, these guys can be spoilers, and I don't think they can go further beyond that. I do think the format of everybody playing everybody means the stronger teams won't lose four games. It'll be interesting. So the Bangladesh-Pakistan game, it's in Eden Gardens. So I'm just wondering if they'll get more home support there than the Pakistanis. and if that will be influence <laughs> they will definitely get a lot of support pakistanis will not get support from the crowd but their games are all sold out india and pakistan all their matches are sold out yeah, I mean, pakistan is a bit of a crowd favorite i mean people will go even if to you know just yell at them and and let's face it you don't get to see them right so seeing shahin shafridi and babar is fun these guys are good players I mean, I really feel for them that Nasim Shah didn't make the trip. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into the Netherlands. Okay, the Netherlands. They were the surprise qualifiers for the tournament. One would have thought one of the what do you call permanent members or would have made it, like Zimbabwe, Ireland, West Indies. No, it was the Netherlands who literally played boy on the dike. to win some of these games to get through the squad actually is pretty experienced uh, there is uh, wesley beresi uh, he was recalled for the qualifiers and our good friend rolof vandermerf those who remember him from the rcb days he's joining scott edwards who's been very good then teja nidamanuru and we have basteli really a star his dad incidentally played in the 1996 world cup and you have this guy called logan van beek more about him as we go on if the qualifiers are an indication netherlands is a team not individuals a bunch of guys will come somehow make do and win they have been punching well above their weight but guess what they have won a grand total of 5 games mm. all of them in that tournament over the last 2 years right so their chances are minuscule in the tournament but remember they beat south africa in the t20 world cup which allowed pakistan to enter the semi finals it is one thing that could happen right with with these uh, teams like weak teams coming in people tend to think that two points are guaranteed and it is that if their game against this team either gets abandoned or shortened and something happens it's a big big fall so it's a big banana peel when these teams uh, oh, come it's a through. massive banana peel so key players basteli like i mentioned his dad played in the 1996 world cup 
last two years he's done well with the bat and with the ball and on the field this guy is a very very key player scott edwards is their ms dhoni excellent over two years runs have been in plenty very organized captain leads the team very effectively then we have teja nidamanuru uh, from vijayawada went to auckland struggled on his own then got a job in netherlands and it i mean as you do right as <laughs> you do, do yeah and then he ended up playing a world cup in india his first matches in hyderabad and reports have it that even yesterday at the hotel he was discussing bitcoin and chat gpt so that's teja nidamanuru for you okay oh yeah he also hit a wonderful century against west indies that's a different matter truly truly hope that he wins at least one man of the match and he gets to say teja mai hu with the mark mark with the mark yes <laughs> that would be fantastic <laughs> yep and then there is this guy called logan van beek i remember in 1981 i think kapil dev at lords he just smashed i think 70 or 90 or something in no time he blew england out of the water we were following all far behind he got us some 40 ahead then he went changed his boots and his clothes came back and took 3 wickets england were 18 for 3 Mm. So the man had two standing ovations in half an hour. Here is Logan Van Beek, Netherlands struggling against West Indies. So our man, who is actually a bowler, comes and smashes twenty-eight runs in fourteen balls, ties the game. Right. And then they say you bat in the super over. Oh. He hits thirty runs in that super over. Three fours, three sixes. Is he done? No. Give me the ball. He takes two wickets. West Indies all out. This is the stuff of dreams. I don't think he can ever make this up again. Oh, Wesley Bereci has been in good nick. Vikramjeet Singh, who was the butt of many of uh-huh. our jokes uh, back in the T20 uh, World Cup when he couldn't bat, he couldn't field, he mostly. couldn't do anything else. Mostly Remember? for fielding, though. <laughs> yeah, mostly for fielding. The guy actually has hit. He hit a hundred. He's been taking wickets with some whatever he bowls. Apparently, he even fields. No. So, okay. Stuff is happening. Max O'Dowd will give you thirty runs. Uh, they got back Paul Van Meeker, and who was not there during the qualifiers because they had to play county cricket, else their contracts would have been cancelled. Paul yeah. Ma- Van Meeker bowls a good one forty-five clip. So, in fact, he was on the short list for the IPL last year. Then we have the old man, Rolf Vandermeer. Oh yeah, he's still there. So my uh, projected starting eleven for them is Odoud and Vikramjeet at the top, Wesley Bereci at three, Mehu Teja at four, Scott Edwards at five, Basta lead at six. There's this guy called Sakib Zulfikar. I think he is mm-hmm. leggy and uh, all rounder. And then of course Logan Van Beek. There's a leg spinner called Shariz Ahmed, who's pretty good. Aryan Dutt. an off spinner and paul van meekeren so five batters couple of good all-rounders four bowlers three seamers three spinners plus one more part-time bowler it's a balanced team yeah. and but they might have uh, vandermeer in your 11 yeah i don't have it but they could very well have vandermeer come in for sharees 
So this has the makings of a balanced team. It's just that the overall skill level of the individuals is not there. The lead up, I we talked about the qualifiers. Okay, that's the only thing they played. I think they hit 315 and then Sikandar Razad did them in with uh, some yes. 140 balls or something. Then they beat USA. They beat Nepal. Then against West Indies, I talked about that game. West Indies hit 374 thanks to Nikki Puran hitting the ball all over Harare. But, I mean, there was a century by Nidamanuru. There were runs from Edwards and then the Logan Van Beek yes. show. Then against Oman, uh, they won. And the last game, the very last game was against Scotland. And Bastille picked up a Pfeiffer and scored a 100. Netherlands went through on run rate. They're here in the World Cup because of that. It was going to be a a three-way race between Scotland, Netherlands and West Indies till then, right? Uh, No, West Indies was done for Zimbabwe. Even Oh, yeah, Zimbabwe, correct. The sad part... They have not played any cricket since that tournament. So that's, again, ICC doing a number on an associate nation. They landed in India pretty early. They went to Bengaluru, played against Karnataka. The first game, they were 3 for 7, 36 for 9, as they couldn't play Kavarepa and Kaushik. And then second game, they batted better, but Manish Pandey was too much for them to handle. Manish Pandey made a hundred actually. Correct. So yeah, this, again, these games I'm, by the way are being played in Alur, not at the. Correct. The, the, there are, I think there are four grounds at Alur, which yes. is a pretty nifty facility. So my take is that Netherlands will be hard pressed to make any kind of headway. I thought maybe the match against Afghanistan is an opportunity, but then they are playing at the Ekana, so you yeah. can forget about it. So that really leaves the game against <laughs> Bangladesh at Eden Gardens. It's on a pacier track, small boundaries against a team that is in a bit of disarray. So that's probably the only opportunity for them to grab a win. Otherwise, they'll probably lose. Unless, of course, the South Africans do a mess again. <laughs> so what you're saying is all the, all the other teams will basically share the points that uh, Netherlands can give. They will go Dutch. <laughs> they will go Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do you guys think about the Netherlands uh, team? Uh, it's pretty comprehensive, I guess. And we want to see a few players do well. You know, Bas De Lida as an example. Or our good friend Vikramjeet Singh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're just bringing up the numbers. Yeah, I, I want Teja to get a man of the match, like you say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the color of their jersey. The orange? Yeah. Uh. Yep. And other thing about the jerseys, their caps are interchangeable. Apparently, you can flip it outside and it's blue. Oh, okay. So, I know, we can't talk about the cricket. We have to talk about their jerseys and their hats. (laughs) I think, sorry, completely derailing this conversation, the the Kochi Tuskers or whatever, their color scheme was the orange cap and the purple. They went for the two caps, purple cap and orange cap. Their uniform was orange <laughs> and purple, if you remember. purple cap. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that experiment did not last long at all, right? That. That's what we have for the Netherlands. Uh, the warm-up games are starting from Friday. So by the time this airs, a uh, few games will have been done. Every team is playing two games. Correct. All 15 players are allowed for a game. 
Only 11 can bat and 11 can be on the field at a given point of time. Uh, the games are all day-night. Gawahati, Tiruvannandapuram and Hyderabad. The Pakistan games are in Hyderabad behind closed doors. The uh, other two venues, since they didn't get the actual matches, they were given these. I see. So every team is flying between Guwahati and Tiruvannadapuram, except for the guys who might play in Tiruvannadapuram and Hyderabad. Hey, come on. And then, of course, they fixed uh, the, the a game at Rajkot with the Australians and a game at Mohali also with the Australians because those are the other two grounds that are losing out. They had no yeah. choice, right? They have to do Balancing. this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up this episode. Question of the day. What will happen if the president of Bangladesh asks for Tamim to be reinstated into the team? India will take the queue and fight for the reinstatement of Ravichandra and Ashwin in the team. Eh? Oh, wait. Already happened. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Who is the who is the most controversial player that we desperately wanted to see in the team but aren't? I don't know. From what I understand, the Prime Minister has already had a conversation, so it won't be long before like the rest of the political establishment jumps in uh, in some way or another, right? <laughs> Shakib Al Hassan approaches the stumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, but in your question, you didn't say which team, Masan. <laughs> it could true. be the commentary team, right? The Bengali <laughs> yeah. commentary team. Yeah, there are a lot of options there. <laughs> if any of these happen, we will talk about it in the next episode. The answer to the trivia question. The tulip is the national flower of Afghanistan. Whoa. No way. Is serious? Netherlands. Well, Netherlands, who are known the world over for their tulip farms, recently crowned the daisy as their national flower. Our next preview episode will feature the mercurial Pakistan team, the doughty but injury-hit Sri Lankans, and a South African team that is on the rise. Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cricket with the West Coast Infidels podcast. Our hosts for this episode were Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian, Vasant Kumar, Anand Kumar Shankaran and Ramakrishnan GIR. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.